Hey guys, this is episode 54 of Dating Skills Podcast. I'm Angel Donovan, and today we're talking about moving from casual dating to serious dating. Casual dating, also known as playing the field, having one-night stands, hooking up with multiple women, and just not settling down and committing to one girl versus the exclusive long-term committed type of relationship with a girlfriend is stable over time. This topic I find really interesting because if you talk to the guys who've been in this industry for, say, 15 years or more, you get lots of different ideas about this, about the decision to move from casual to more committed relationships. And why you do that, what it means to you, can be pretty different depending on who you are. If this is something that you've asked yourself before, maybe you've always just considered you just needed a girlfriend But if you think about it a bit more, go a bit more deeper, maybe that isn't the right thing for you right now. Or maybe it's the opposite extreme. You've been dating casually for a long time and you've never really considered the girlfriend thing, but maybe that could be better for you at this moment. So we're going to explore this topic with Christian Hudson, who you have probably seen on the site. He has our top rated getting a girlfriend and keeping a girlfriend course at the moment. And it's a great mature product and he just re-recorded it. So that's why I thought it'd be great to cover this topic. Christian is also a very mature minded guy himself and he's had a lot of life experience. So he comes across really well for these type of relationship topics. So we're going to be talking to him. He's been around since 2004. He was first working with Charisma Arts. Is there any of you guys remember that? And then he moved on to build his own company, The Social Man, in 2007, 2008. So that company is now six, seven years old. So he's also one of the guys who's been around in this industry for a long time. And he's got a lot of great experience and great things to say. So this is going to be a great discussion. I want this to be thought-provoking for you and for you to take it in and to challenge your own ideas of what you want and what's making you happy and what you need in your life right now to make it better. This is one of those more challenging episodes where you might have to do a little bit of self-work and internal search to kind of see what is working for you or not working for you and how this applies to you. As usual, to get the transcript and the show notes with links to anything we mention on the show, go to datingskillsreview.com slash DSP. Now let's get into this interview. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Hey, Christian, it's good to have you back on the show. How I'd like to start is like what we've been doing with a lot of guys lately is to get to know them a bit better, a bit about their background so the guys can kind of relate to you as a real person and just this dating coach, this guy who's kind of instructed them, but to get an idea of who you really are. So before all of this dating stuff came along, what was your background? What were you doing in your life? Sure. I dropped out of college a couple of times, started a few dot-com type businesses 
ended up starting a security software company in my early 20s, which I attempted to run for a few years and actually got fired from that company when we failed to raise another round of capital. Through that, I got introduced to somebody who was in the dating community. Now, one of my employees was trolling on the message boards back at the time and had found a guy who was going to be one of the big leaders of the community. Found my way connecting with this dude and getting drinks with him, and pretty soon we were off to build a business together. Around that time, I went back to college, so I was finishing college from 24 to 26 while we were building this business. When I got out, he and I had sort of a falling out. I tried starting a Jello shot company, <laughs> of all things. They were great. It was one of the coolest products I've ever done, but we didn't get good legal guidance, and we didn't get clearance by the Alcohol, Tax, Tobacco, and Trade Bureau, and... So that was a big fail, and I ended up really broke and actually in a lot of debt. So I ended up starting this because it was like the one thing I knew how to do was talk to girls and coach guys on how to talk to girls. And and yeah, so that's a very abbreviated version. But What year was it again that you started The Social Man? We registered the business in 06. I think we started operating in 07. I launched that book called Conquer Campus. And then I believe it was 08 when I actually started doing coaching. I can't remember for sure. I mean, I had been doing coaching previously starting in like 05, but under this brand, I think it was 08. Cool, man. Like seven years or so. That's quite a bit already. So how old are you now? Where do you live? Uh, 34, splitting my time between Austin and California at this point. Just moved out of New York and thrilled to be out of New York. After I was there for seven years and it just got to be too much energy. It was a great place to be single. But as you know, I've been in a relationship for the last three years now and the energy of the city just wasn't really connecting with me. Oh, great. So looking back over your dating life now, now you've been in a relationship for three years. How many dates do you think you've been on over that time? I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe, you know, honestly. Hard to put a number on it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because honestly, man, like I've been in a lot of relationships and a lot of the women I met were through social circle stuff. So our dating wasn't always like, my pattern rarely followed, go out to a bar, pick up a girl, get her number, get her out on a date. I definitely did that. I mean, maybe probably a hundred times or so, but like these days, you know, there's Tinder, right? And my friends are on Tinder and I like, you know, it's like date after date after date. I, one of my employees, he goes on like three or four dates a week with always with new girls just because he's got like his Tinder and OkCupid game pretty handled. So I dare say at this point, he's probably been on more dates than I had. Excellent. Excellent. So and relationships, you said you've had quite a few. How many roughly has that been? I think like serious relationships, you know, committed longer than six months, seven now. You know, that's a, I think, higher than average number for a guy who's not married. Were those all exclusive relationships or did you do some multiple dating? No, never did that. Never did that. Um, I've always been kind of a monogamous, one woman, one man type of dude. Great, great. Good to hear. How many women would you say you slept with? Uh, That's the question I don't want to answer. That's that's totally cool, man. Um, You're not the first person to say that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's It's not something that I've ever thought was particularly important. And I don't think it's for people who do find it important. It's like, well, that's... It's just not something that I, yeah. 
Yeah, no, we've all got the right to keep whatever we want yeah. private. What's your dating and relationship lifestyle like today? So, you know, you got a girlfriend. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you got there? Yeah, I mean, we live together and, and it's amazing and it's a great relationship. We help each other out. We help each other grow. She's a little bit younger than me, but I've learned so much from her and she's learned so much from me. And so it's great. It's very symbiotic. You know, I've been through a lot of different types of women. And yeah, the the current relationship is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, I know I'm kind of being vague here. I don't love talking too much about the intricate details of my personal life. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely wonderful. And I will say this, you know, everybody who's met her is always really blown away by how down to earth she is, just how strong of a person she is without being offensively strong. You know, sometimes you meet these strong people who... And I don't mean offensively in a bad way or in a, in a negative way, but just you meet strong people who have very strong personalities and, and who can just be kind of difficult to be around. And she's a very strong person, but like super easygoing. So it's it's wonderful. I got very, very lucky with that. And and as I as I like to say, I think she got pretty lucky with me, but beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, that's great. Do you have any ideas looking forward about what that kind of lifestyle is going to be like? I don't know if you thought about like kids, marriage or anything like in the future. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, I'm 34 now, so definitely think about that stuff. But neither of us are in a hurry right now. And we're both focused on achieving some goals in our lives. And we both see, we both have a path to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. And so that's the real focus at this point, rather than trying to do anything else. And, you know, if things keep going along well, and I expect they will, then there are some very obvious next steps. We, when we go running by the beach and we see little kids playing and we definitely say, ah, oh, that's so cute. But there's not even a dog or a cat in the picture at this point. The furthest we've gone is a jalapeno plant that we try to keep alive. So, um, <laughs> so that's about it. That's, that's awesome, man. It's good to hear. I hope it's uh, not too hard to keep the thing alive. I know sometimes those things can be a real pain in the air. <laughs> The jalapeno is okay. The cilantro is tough. You t- ah. can't take too much sunlight. That's the <laughs> that's the <laughs> tricky part. But uh, we're learning. We're learning working on it. Cool. So was there a period, like you spoke about, you were dating and going out a lot more before. Was there kind of like a period of your life where you'd say you were more casual dating and then there was a switch to some more serious dating? If that was a conscious decision or anything like that, do you remember how that evolved? Well, it was. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, it was. And I remember a very specific point in time. It was a very noticeable transition from some degree of boyhood to manhood. There was a lot of going out and partying. Again, dating wasn't the way I really look at it, but there was a lot of going out and just having a really big social circle, kind of wildlife and going to nightclubs or just having a lot of parties. And when I was 30, I actually... You know, I think I mentioned when I started this business, I was really in debt. When I was 30, I moved back home with my parents for six months just to save money and to keep focusing on building this, which sucked. But I started talking to this girl around that time, and it progressed very slowly, but surely. And as things started to turn around, I moved back to New York, and I was kind of splitting my time between New York and Las Vegas, where I had a very good friend and somebody who I was working with closely. We remain very friendly to this day, but just for the sake of not, you know, gossiping, I won't share his name, but he and I were like two peas in the pod. We lived a very symbiotic life and we partied a lot. There were a lot of girls coming in and out of it. And I remember I had the choice with this guy of, do I want to travel the world with him and kind of do the whole like 
hey, let's go to Eastern Europe, let's go to Asia, let's go to South America and like whatever city you pick, like right, Medellin or or Amsterdam or God knows where in Asia, uh, you know, and find girls to date. Do we want to like live that lifestyle or am I interested in investing into what was at the time a very developing relationship? It was very uncertain. And I remember consciously going through this and thinking, you know what? I've had a lot of fun. Life has been amazing. And at this point, I'm ready to sort of focus on growth in a relationship and development in that regard. And that relationship lasted for about a year and a half. Then I was single for about a month. And then I started dating my current girlfriend and we've been together for three years now. So yeah, it was a very specific point and reached very consciously. And I don't think I would have been able to have the certainty about relationships that I have right now if I hadn't been through all the great times of singlehood. Right, right, totally. It's interesting, it kind of coincides with when you started your business and you started developing that. I'm just saying that because uh, we have a similar story. When I was starting my business, I actually went back to live with my parents for a little bit as well. Yeah, I had to do all of that. And, uh, you know, and then I started to get more serious in my relationships, I noticed, as I was taking more responsibility because, you know, you're building your own thing. And it's a different perspective on life, I guess. Yep. It's so not a surprise that I think that happens for people like you and me. You know, you find that when, and I think there, doesn't he talk about this in Think and Grow Rich, like the notion of channeling your sex drive into your business? Yeah, chapter six. It's a pretty good chapter. Yeah. And I think that it seemed to make sense at the time. And you mentioned a a really important word, which is responsibility. I think that when a man starts to take responsibility for his life, and if you think about it, I mean, building a business is in many ways like growing a child. It needs constant feeding attention. And if you're not careful with it, it might fall into the pool and drown. So if you're trying to do that and live a really crazy lifestyle, it just doesn't really work out well. But yeah. Yeah, you're looking for more stability. And yeah, I guess it's just because you're always thinking about investment as well. You can see how that would filter into different areas of your life and it just crosses mm-hmm. over. And the, one of the interesting things, and I'm sure this has happened to you as well, is relationships are one of the greatest places to grow as a man. I mean, you grow in different ways when you're single, but you're forced to grow in relationships because you're living with this person and you're finding that you have to make conscious choices about your values with things that this person asks of you or or doesn't ask of you. My ex-girlfriend was a very conservative Christian. Whenever guys hear that, they're always surprised. I went to church once a week. I went to Bible study with her and I really tried to explore that faith. And that was a real interesting one for me because it really made me think about my faith and my beliefs and my values and what I wanted for my own life and for my children as well. You know, in the end, we didn't make it work because there was just too much of a value and belief mismatch. But it's a good case in point about relationships forcing us to grow. And when I think back to relationships in my 20s, one of the big reasons that they didn't last for typically longer than six to eight months is because I kind of hit this wall where I wasn't ready to grow up and wasn't ready to be the man who was able to commit in a relationship. And a, a portion of that was serious selfishness. A portion of that was insecurity. A portion of that was the desire to continue to go out and have fun. And a portion of that was just not really having a mission or purpose in life. So I can look back at these relationships and point to all the things that they taught me about myself. And although it was very painful to go through them at the time, they all helped me develop into the person who I am today, who I'm very, very happy with. So I know one of the things we had talked about leading up to this call was 
the value of relationships and what we learn in them. And yeah, it's it amazing to see that. And, and you know, want to touch on that as part of this question. Yeah, some great points there. I guess for the guys at home, I'm thinking, you know, some of them, they often say they want a girlfriend or they kind of, I, I see a lot of the guys who listen to the show because of the marketing and also because they're kind of learning, they're taking their first steps sometimes in this area and learning about communication, learning about the opportunities and stuff. I think they get a little bit lost and confused about what they want. And they're not sure if they want to be player guy, which has some kind of status surrounding it. Because especially if it's something they've never done before, you know, you mentioned before that you'd kind of gone through that stage. So you felt good about moving on from it, which is certainly something that most guys kind of have to go through. I certainly went through that stage and kind of had to get past that too. Is there anything, is there any kind of question they can ask themselves? Like, are they ready? How can they know that they should be going for a girlfriend now rather than going to play the field? Because there's certainly like some stages I would say, look, I don't think you're really ready to go for a girlfriend relationship yet. I think it would be good for you to play the field a little bit because for one thing, I don't think you know really what you want. And I think you kind of need to learn more about yourself and communication skills and so on before you get, you know, you're just saying how kind of more challenging a, a relationship is, right? So maybe it's better to get some of the social skills and some of the other stuff in lighter relationships before you go into that. So what would your take on that be? Is there some simple way they can figure this out for themselves? Simple way, no, but I'll certainly share some thoughts about at least my perspective on it. And it sounds like you've got some great perspective of your own. Yeah, so a few things. First of all, if a guy is finds himself really attracted to information about how to pick up girls and conversations, seduction and all that, if that's really the stuff he's into, there's that draw. We all have that natural draw to learn what we're trying to grow into. And if what a guy is trying to learn and what he's naturally attracted to is like the conversations with guys like Mystery or Brad P who are really known for pick up stuff, then I think that's a pretty clear sign. And just to be clear on my end, nothing against those guys because they got great things to teach. If somebody wants to learn that stuff, then by all means, go out and do it. Again, if you find yourself being responsive to that sort of stuff, there's these guys like, I don't know if you've heard of Dan Bilzerian, you know, he's this guy on Instagram. If you find yourself looking at that stuff and being like, wow, that looks amazing. I really want that. Then that's another really good sign. I was at a party that he was at the other night. You know, he's surrounded with all these girls and they're all beautiful. And I, you know, no repression, total self-awareness. I'm looking at that and thinking that's really not what I want. For one thing, it's way more work than I could ever do. But I think that there was, I know there was a point in my life when I would have seen that and said, wow, like I definitely want that. I was actually talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday. I think there's different phases of sort of emotional and, and spiritual development that we go through. And it was very important for me to go through that phase in order to be able to have clarity about where I am right now. Now, that's not to say that a guy is not ready for a relationship. I think a lot of it has to do with his sense of peace with himself, who he is in the world, and what it takes to commit to somebody versus not having that and going out and having fun. If, if For some men, it's just not a part of their... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not a biology. Yeah. Uh, well, per, perhaps biology, but also it's not like a need for them to go out and do that. And I've met guys like this. They just don't need it because they find value and fulfillment in other parts of their lives. And it's, it should be no surprise to you that this coincides with a lot of the men who I met in the Christian community. They're really throwing themselves into their faith and into their work. So there's no need to sort of prove to themselves that they can go out and, and have a lot of women. And that's just not something that factors in their beliefs. And I think just to try to wrap this up, 
a lot of men, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that we live in the society where we don't really, we've lost rites of passage and we don't really have a way of telling a boy that he's a man now. So a lot of men, have, boys have found themselves in this dating advice community and they find themselves trying to define their manhood by well, how many women they've, they've dated or, or slept with or what have you. And because that's a very clear feedback mechanism. It's like, okay, I did, you know, slept with 20 women. I slept with 50, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm a man. And I think that for men who have not had in their lives, either fathers who really knew how to speak into them or other mechanisms for achieving that sense of, of self that comes with identifying as a man, this path offers a very, I'm not going to say it's the best option, but it's just a compelling option because it calls out to our very primal desires. Again, quite a long-winded answer, just hoping to give listeners some insight into what might be going on in their heads. And one final thing on this, I will say, it was a tremendous amount of fun. I mean, when I was living in New York, I was at this big party loft. I lived with two other guys. It was amazing. It was such a great time. And even though I was broke, even though I was struggling in life, even though I was totally, totally fucking up, I was having just an awesome time. So I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, don't do that. I'm at the top of the mountain and you don't need that. (laughs) So I think it's to bring it back to square one. It's really what's calling out to you in life. And, and if you don't know, then just let things evolve, see what happens. And I don't think anybody should ever hold back from getting into a relationship because they don't feel ready. There might be hurt feelings. They might end up screwing some things up. But as long as you're constantly trying to learn and discover who you are, at least not hurting the other person intentionally, then not too much bad can come of it. That was an excellent answer, man. That was pretty deep in some areas. So um, there's a lot of material for guys to work through. Thank you. I really like the fact you brought up the word fun at the end. Something I've been thinking of also is that basically when it stops being fun for you, it is probably time to move on and start thinking of something else. And I think a lot of guys get to that point and then they stop having the fun, but they're in the kind of routine of what they've been doing and they kind of continue for a while Mm -hmm. and they don't always get it. Yeah, that's the promoter problem. The promoter problem? Is that what they do? Well, you know, it's guys who are promoters. They go out to nightclubs every night. They're constantly surrounded by women. They build their connections there. It's where their business is. And it's easy for them to meet new women and their income is defined by how many people they can bring in the door. And it's difficult to transition out of that because it's what makes you money and it's what gets you women. I've seen a lot of promoters and I know a lot of promoters who struggled with that transition. But but yeah, that's exactly exactly it. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The iTunes rank of the show is critical for getting the best guests on the show for you and is largely determined by subscriber count. So more subscribers like you means better guests. Also, if you've already subscribed, then please leave a rating, a review, and click helpful on the existing reviews. This all helps increase the show's iTunes rank. Help me make this podcast the best resource possible for you by subscribing and rating on iTunes. To do that simply, you can go to datingskillsreview.com slash iTunes. This will take you straight to our iTunes page, where you can subscribe with just one click.
So for guys who've been doing pretty well at casual dating and hooking up with girls, but they've now decided to move on to serious girlfriends, but they're having trouble with that kind of transition because it's not really working for them, for instance. You know, maybe the relationship's not like the girl doesn't want to go into a relationship for whatever reason, or maybe the relationships aren't lasting very long. So he's having trouble getting to this more serious girlfriend style after the uncommitted casual style. Have you seen that before? Have you got ideas on it? Yep. Certainly that was me for many years. I've seen it with other guys I've worked with. And I think it comes from a variety of places. I mean, this is, we could get in some deep psychology here, but we'll try to keep it succinct. I think that one of the big things is that if we still have this draw to date a lot of women and to sleep around, and that gets a little bit deeper. One of the things that I see really screwing up relationships is a man's ego. And it could be a woman's ego too, but we'll just focus on the men right now. A man's ego can really get in the way, especially if he's been a part of this community. I just saw this with a guy who I'm sort of new friends with. He was in this relationship. He had the quote unquote upper hand in the relationship and he never really committed to her. And then she finally, after like a year and a half was like, okay, look, like I'm done with this. I'm sick of your half commitments. And now he's getting super needy and doesn't know what to do. And I think that for a lot of men, one of the biggest challenges is to be in a relationship as sort of a whole person who does not get validation from the relationship, but who enjoys it, who loves it, who loves the girl he's with, but whose validation comes from his own self, from his own mission, from his own path in life. So I think that's one of the biggest sticking points is that when we especially if somebody's been in this dating community for a while, they've been bombarded with messages from other men about how important it is to sleep with women, or at least they're in the company of men who are always talking about this stuff. And so that becomes a core value for them, the need to do some small degree of dick measuring about how well they're doing with women. And speaking personally, there were previous relationships where I was sort of caught between, to use an old cliche, a rock and a hard place. The rock being my girlfriend, where she literally would be like the rock in my life. And the hard place being the fact that I felt that I still wanted to go out and sleep with other girls and have other girls. And I still had something to prove to myself. And that was a really big ego thing for me. And, and certainly it was affected by the messaging I was receiving at the time, both from seeing this stuff in the pickup community and also just mainstream media at large. So that to me is one of the biggest difficulties that guys can have is that just to sum it up very succinctly, the neediness and fulfillment, the neediness internally and the subsequent fulfillment they have from being in a relationship and how that woman addresses that neediness in their lives. And they've never really fixed the core of the problem. They've never really found something bigger than a woman to give real meaning to their lives. So that results in all sorts of really bad behavior because on one hand, you're in the relationship and you're like, maybe you're either secretly or overtly, or maybe you're outwardly just not being cool to her, not being super committed, or you're just, you know, going out and trying to subtly flirt with other girls and always thinking to yourself, oh, like if that other girl ever came along, like maybe I, you know, who knows what I'd do. But then on the other hand, when things get a little tense in the relationship, you can get like super needy and you worry about losing her and you really rush back and you're like, no, no, please don't, you know. So it's just a bad, bad on both ends. I'll stop speaking of that particular problem, but for guys who have been through this whole community, that's a really big one. And I can't offer any great solution for it. I mean, because any great solution is going to basically be, hey, like go find a mission in your life and make that more important than anything. And then, hey, you'll be in a great place to be in a relationship with a woman. But as I always like to say, the three most important searches in a man's life 
for love, for purpose, and for truth are never resolved at his convenience. These aren't things that we can just kind of, you know, snap our fingers and say, okay, I'm going to go find my mission right now. You know, it comes from overcoming these challenges, putting ourselves in difficult situations, being forced to make tough choices, being forced to go through some soul-crushing, gut-wrenching, difficult periods, and, and sort of emerging with the truth of who we are and what's truly important to us. So the very best thing I could say is that in order to avoid a situation like that coming up, as a man should actively embrace very difficult and scary situations in his life, things that he thinks he needs to do, but isn't doing and go forward with them. And let me close this out with an example that I always like to tell. Uh, Years ago, I was offered a job by the man who was the former head of HR at Apple. When Steve Jobs came back to Apple, he brought this guy on and this guy recruited a lot of Apple's top executive talent. And I'd gotten connected with him through a friend and he was building this new company. And I was living in New York, uh, Michigan at the time. And he said, you know, listen, man, move out to California. I'll buy you a surfboard. I'll buy you a MacBook Pro. I'll put you up. But I demand your loyalty and I need you to help me build this company. And I said, you know, I'd really like to do that. But uh, I'm dating this great girl. And, and I just uh, I don't think I can leave her. And I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart that the relationship was terse and tense And I was just afraid of losing the commitment that we had. And the stupid thing was that we were in Michigan. We were both graduating college at the time. She was moving to New York and she was putting her career first. When I ended up moving to New York, she was about 50% of the reason that I moved there. We broke up two days after I got there. (laughs) It was like a flaming breakup, absolutely terrible. So here it is years later, my life is wonderful and I'm actually connected with this guy again and he's in Southern California here. So we're going to, we've been spending some time together, but I just think to myself, like, that's the sort of thing. It's such a perfect example of this decision where I didn't put my mission first. I put the woman first. And there are times when you can't do that in my relationship right now. I'm not going to sacrifice a wonderful relationship just because some guy says, Hey, you know, come work for me. But this one, I knew in my heart, it wasn't a good one. And I was just afraid of losing it because it gave me so much validation, because she was really hot. She was quote unquote, perfect 10. And I had so much of my ego and sense of self wrapped up in the relationship that I was afraid to leave it and go do something that I knew I wanted to do. And that I knew was important to me in a bigger picture beyond the relationship. Again, we kind of diverted the answer to that question. There's a lot of other ways that we can answer it, but I think that we talked about ego, we talked about neediness, and we talked about mission or lack thereof. And I think those are three big sticking points the guys have when they're going to make or break a relationship. Yeah, and I think the last point you made about looking for something you're scared of doing is a great practical tip. You know? Thank you. It's difficult to make this kind of stuff practical, you know, obviously, because it gets so deep. But that's a great takeaway right there, like, because we all feel these things. Another thing you kind of touched on is when the guys are talking with other guys in the pickup community or in the dating community, they're constantly talking about this topic and it's reinforcing the validation of the pickup lifestyle, the player lifestyle, and all of this. And if you look in a lot of self-help, of course, they're like whatever you think about, you become, you become what you think about, right? And it's kind of also like you become what you talk about because it's just occupying space in your brain. So I'd say another practical tip could be to start reducing the time you're hanging out with those guys in that community and start saying, I'm going to invest half my week in something else, whatever it is. If you don't know what it is yet, maybe you just got to put it somewhere else for the time being. Yes, it's interesting. Like right now, you obviously know my good friend, David Tian. 
And he and I are just at very different places in our lives. Like, I love him to death. He will always be a close friend to me unless he goes off and murders someone. Then I might have some issues with what he does. But he just got out of a long relationship, and he's actively pursuing a different sort of lifestyle than is right for me. And so our paths have sort of split off a little. Like, communication has split off a little bit. Our paths have split off. Like, we're still there for each other. We still love each other. But I know that if I spend a lot of time talking to him and, and being close to him, it's going to really influence me in a direction that is not important to me at this point and is not really relevant to me. And so I just don't have a lot to say to him about his current lifestyle. And then on the flip side, I think he was a little burnt out on relationships. And so when he talks to me, I'm always talking, yeah, I love my relationship and it's great. And you, I hope that's a good example of your point. And we'll still be there for each other. Like if he called me up and he was like, yo, man, I need to talk to somebody. You're like, I need to spend some time with someone. If it was important enough, I'd hop on a flight to Singapore. But our paths have just kind of diverged in terms of what we want out of relationships. And, and yeah, so. What I'd add to that, though, is also that your relationship is not only based on the fact that you've been dating girls and you've got many, many different facets to your relationship as well. So it's not all based on talking about girls and relationships and so on, right? So it's in a much better place than like, like the other kind of situation we're talking about, of course. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So in your uh, course, one of the things I pulled out was you say, in the long run, the truth comes out. I don't know if you... Yeah, right, you, you right. clearly remember what that was about. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Oh, yeah. You know, it's everything we've been talking about here, right, is the truth of who you are. I mean, relationships are such a wonderful mirror to reflect uh, the best and the worst of who we are. In the long run in a relationship, the, the truth of who you are comes out because your woman is going to see it even if you don't. And she's going to see the fear you have towards life. She's going to see the open heart you have towards other people. She's going to see all the self-deception that you've hidden from yourself because she is front and center to it. So I think that that's the scary thing. The amazing thing is that when you allow for that to exist and you accept that that's going to happen, and rather than becoming defensive about these things, you accept them and you attempt to grow through them. Now, this can be a recipe for two things. This can be a recipe for neediness, and it can be a recipe for losing the upper hand in a relationship. And it also requires that you have a pretty clear sense of the person you're dating. If you're dating a, let's just put it in stark terms, if you're dating a gold-digging whore and she's always calling you out on shit, then it's not necessarily going to drive you in the right direction. One of the things David and I always talked about was how a woman will test you, and there's different sorts of tests. There's tests of insecurity, and there's tests of strength. In my first relationship, I had a very insecure girlfriend. We dated for four years. She was always, always, always testing me to see how much I loved her. How much do you love me? And tell me you love me, and you know, all that shit. It was a teenage relationship, I and mean, it's fine. But looking back, it was clear it was just her neediness. Compare that to a test of strength, which is... The most stark example I can think of is that movie 300 when Queen Gora, I think, uh, she says to Leonidas, she says, you know, come back with your shield or on it, <laughs> right? So it's the woman seeing that you're a strong man and not accepting anything less than you being that strong man. And so the first thing that a man has to be able to do is distinguish between what types of tests a woman is giving him. Are they tests because she is insecure, because she demands that commitment from him and that love, and because she's got a hole to fill in her life that she fills with his own validation? Or is it because she herself is a whole human being or as much, <laughs> as much of a whole human being as one could possibly be? And, and are the tests she's giving him those tests of, hey, I know you can be better? 
And to think back to a relationship in my mid-20s, this girl, she would see my my boss kind of push me around. This was at the first dating advice company I worked at. She saw him push me around. She saw him kind of screw me over on compensation. And it, to me, it felt like nagging. It was, she'd be like, hey, you know, you need to stand up to him and and you need to do this and that. And I would always tell her like, oh, you don't know the situation. You don't know what's going on. You know, don't just butt out. And for her, it was that she saw in me potential and she saw strength and she wanted it to be there. And I consistently failed to live up to the man who both she expected I could be and more importantly, the man who I needed to be. And she saw enough of that that she really lost attraction for me. I mean, it even happens in my current relationship and not in an extensive way, but if she sees, let's say we have an affiliate or a partner who's trying to like push us around or I'm doing a negotiation with someone and if she sees something that I'm not seeing, she's going to call me out on it. She's going to say, hey, you know, that person's trying to take advantage of you. And I have the opportunity to get defensive or I have the opportunity to try to synthesize what she's saying and accept it and see how does this, how am I going to grow through this? So if you can differentiate those tests of strength and security with a woman and you find that she's giving you these tests of strength, then the question is really, are you going to be able to to respond to them? And not just from her, but through the truth of who you are. And that is where the truth really comes out because she will test you. She will, if you represent that you are one person on day one, day 10, day 30, and she finds out on day 90 or day 180 that you're a very different person, which she will, then it's not going to be so good. But I think that if a man knows that, if he accepts that, and he goes into a relationship knowing that, then he can A, be mindful of what types of tests his woman is giving him, and B, be mindful of what that says about him, and then C, make decisions accordingly. And he can let go of the girl if it's always tests of insecurity, And that's a tough thing to do, by the way, because a woman who's insecure, if a man feels insecure, then it can really fill his ego to have an insecure woman who needs him. And I've certainly been there. So it can be very difficult to let go of a woman who needs you and who is sort of insecure. But at the same time, he has to. So if that's not the case, so if he is dating a very confident, self-assured, self-fulfilled woman who, who just wants him to be better then either the relationship is going to end because he needs to step up and go out into the void and go out and, and to use another example from 300, step out to the wilderness with a spear and no clothes and fight the wolves. Or he can work through it in the relationship. And I think that the best that you and I can do right now is just prep him with awareness of what will come and allow him to be aware in the moment of what's going to happen and the potential outcomes of those things. And that's, that's a great perspective because it really puts the whole thing within a learning perspective, an opportunity for growth perspective. So mm-hmm. all, these challenges in relationships are all going to be helping you get on your way. What I'm wondering, though, is for guys who are getting into some of their earlier relationships or maybe even later relationships, is there an element of self-work or groundwork they have to have done on themselves beforehand? Otherwise, you know, it's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, right, right. Well, it's funny because you and I live in a world where we are bombarded with information about how we can work on ourselves. And I think you and I are both the type to, we've both done work on ourselves and we both hold self-improvement as a core virtue. Throughout history, (laughs) that was not the case for many people. And yet here we are as a species and, and relationships have progressed accordingly. I think that it really could go either way. Right. And, And I think that you're clearly doing this because you love to help men and I love to help men as well. And, and so I think that 
whether it's before, during, or after a relationship, I would tell a man, hey, always be working on yourself. Always be growing. Always be attempting to improve your skills, your self-awareness, what you're able to give to the world, whether it be through meditation or social arts or going to engineering school. And so the answer is a qualified yes, which is yes, definitely be working on yourself. But I would say don't let that hold you back from getting into a relationship because it's like this, right? And you've been through this. <laughs> you identify. So you could read hundreds of pages about how to approach a woman. You'll learn a lot more by going up and doing it 20 times. And you'll learn even more still if you do that with a coach to kind of point out what's happening and bring awareness into your situation. So yes, you could read a whole bunch of relationship theory and do a whole lot of work on yourself, but you'll learn a tremendous amount more if you actually just get into a relationship and see what happens. Even more still, if you have therapists like twice in my life for, for very brief periods, but I've always learned a, a tremendous amount. So I'd say like, if a guy really wanted to work on himself, like, yeah, you know, go see a therapist once a week and just talk about your relationship. That person will help bring a lot of awareness to it, but that's not necessary. It was necessary for me when these two times when I had like things had monumentally blown up and I was like, what the fuck just happened? This person helped bring some awareness to it. But yeah, I mean, in our courses, we definitely try to, you know, obviously the marketing is one thing and, and we, we harp on the big ideas of, you know, hey, get a girlfriend and, and all that. But as you know, from going through them, we really attempt to provide a lot of grounding in the material, which is, I think, something that they appreciate. Yeah, I'd say it's extremely valuable. So I really like your course, as you know. Yeah, I know. I know, man. Thank you for that. And I don't know if you've seen version two yet. I mean, I think your review is for version one and version two is... Yeah, I was going to bring that up earlier. I actually went through it the last couple of days because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't completely different. <laughs> and we were going to be talking about the same thing. There's a lot of different stuff in there. I mean, I think it's gotten a lot better, if you ask me. The first one had a lot of sort of philosophy, and it had some practical stuff, but it was a lot of philosophy and mindset stuff. The new one, I just tried to make really focused on the obsession story and on, quote unquote, being an obsession-worthy man and bring out the practicality elements much more. I saw there's a lot of more step-by-step. We're going to have to re-review. Thank you very much for the work. Thanks, man. Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I'd say it looks like a great effort. And I wanted to ask you why you decided, what was the decision that led to the re-recording? Well, in the first program, I didn't cover the obsession story nearly enough. So that was number one. Number two, I just felt that step-by-step stuff, I was getting a lot of questions on it from guys. And it'd be the same questions again and again. And things that I just took for granted as, oh, like, obviously you just text her and you ask her out. Or oh, when you're on a first date, you put your arm around her like this. Things that I just really took for granted. The questions came in and yeah, we didn't have, they weren't answered in the course. So, so yeah, it was just, and the course was selling so well that I thought, Hey, I want to put my best effort here. And it hasn't always been this way, but at least in the last like four years, we've tried to totally over deliver on our products and have a lot of pride in what we're teaching. So I felt that I needed to put forth a new effort and give guys something that would over deliver. Yeah. So I, I hope we've done that. Well, yeah, we really like the practical stuff. And I saw that the whole day two now is that step-by-step thing. So I saw that you'd put more focus on that. And I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Thanks. So I know, I know we're running in, uh, out on time here. So uh, yeah, but I, these are always so much fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in eight minutes, I'm supposed to be doing a lot of bench presses. <laughs> so, <laughs> Excellent. So I, uh, yeah, I got to go change and make sure I got my water bottle and get ready to roll. And that's a great thing to wrap up on. 
physical activity. The guy's not being physically active. Well, so there's one question we always ask everyone before they run off to the gym. <laughs> just, just in that one specific situation. So if you're going to recommend free top things, guys who are pretty new to this should get started with, if they want to get good as fast as possible, start getting results, start transforming their life, what would be the top free things you would recommend? Great question. I think that you know, quote unquote, this is such a broad topic. Listen, I love our course. I recommend it to anyone. I think it's going to give them a lot of insight, whether they want to get a girlfriend or whether they just want some basic social skills. And that's not pitch. That's just me really believing in what we do. I think a couple other guys who people should be learning from are Nick Sparks and Mark Manson. I think both of those guys have tremendous things to teach in terms of both insight uh, Mark on understanding yourself and Nick on social skills. I've, I've met a lot of coaches. I think Adam Lyons is a great coach as well. But for any guy who wants to actually get better at social skills, I would say Nick Sparks is, it just astounds me how good he is as a coach these days. So if a guy wanted to really focus on like social skills and the practical stuff of interacting with women in not a relationship, but in meeting them and attracting them, I think Nick is absolutely the guy I would learn from. So to, to make this concrete, I would say buy some courses, right? Hopefully buy a course from me, buy Mark's book. Nick has a new book coming out that by the time this gets published, hopefully his book will be out. That'll be on Kindle. So I would say just start reading and find some coaches that attract you. Uh, the second thing would be once you found a coach who you feel connected with, try to get coaching from that person. And I think that that is a, in my life, a lot of the retardation of my development was from not willing to get coaching and just trying to do it on my own. And these days in business specifically, I actively seek coaching. I'm willing to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get coaching from somebody who is going to rapidly help me move to the next level. So I think that just accepting that and finding a coach who you believe in and who is available. Like I, I don't do coaching anymore, so this isn't a pitch for me, but finding a coach who you really believe in and just poning up the money and throwing yourself into it would be the second big thing. And then the third big thing would be attempting to carve out the time and space in your life to just throw yourself into it and to make this a big focal point for six months. That's a lot better than sort of lurking on the fringes for a year, two years, five years, and slowly getting results. I like to think of my life, and I'm sure you do it at this point as well, in, in terms of how do I get the most leverage out of my efforts it's a very low leverage thing to lurk on the sidelines of some interest of yours or, or some change you want to make. It's very high leverage to jump right into it, to find the best people at it, to surround yourself with those people, to pay to have access to those people, to get the feedback from those people, and to just invest yourself wholly in it so that the change comes very rapidly. So that's what I would say. hope that's a reasonable answer, man. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we always like, that's a very different answer than we've normally got. So it's always great to get new ideas and the mentoring thing, the coaching thing. I'm obviously, that's something that I run around doing these days as well. I try to get all best coaching I can. So I'm totally with you on that. That's like one of the huge things. So man, it's been great to have you here. We're going to let you run off to the gym and do your bench presses now. And it's been great and great to hear you're having such a great time in California now. Thank you very much, California. And I should say Texas. It's very important to say that because Texas is... I feel very strongly about Texas. By the way, total uh, often left field thing here, but if you were a single guy living in the United States, I feel like Austin, Texas is the best place in the world to be right now. New York being a close second, very attractive women there, very open women, very educated, and it's just a great place to be single. Most of my staff lives down there. I spend a lot of time there, 
And it's just an amazing place for a guy to be single. I know we're taking a little diversion. We were supposed to wrap up a minute ago, but I will add this point is if a guy is single and he wants to enjoy his single life, he should put himself in an environment where it's easy to do that. And this is one of those scary decisions that's, you know, holy shit, like I live in Wisconsin or something. Am I really going to uproot my whole life? And if you want to have fun, move to Austin, move to New York, go somewhere where the environment is conducive to that. Besides that, great, great, great business community, Austin. Just a little pitch for the city. And thank you for having me, man. It's, it's been a total pleasure. And, and you know, obviously love what you're doing with your site. And yeah, well, hopefully it won't be the last time. Yeah, no, sure we'll be talking to each other again sometime. Thanks, man. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Yep, thank you. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at datingskillsreview.com how we help men like you take control of their dating lives.